0: hello City first church family and happy Easter uh, I want to just say hello to everybody who is joining from all of our city first church locations including those that are joining from a city first anywhere location now these are pop-up locations that are in homes all over the place even some of them in other nations so if you're watching right now from your home and you have a city first anywhere location we want to say thank you for joining us and if you're joining us for the first time whoever you are we we just want to say thank you. On behalf of Jen and myself, uh, we are glad and we are honored that you are celebrating this, this historical event. That's what Easter really is. It happened 2,000 years ago, and it changed the world, literally. And so thank you for joining us. And if you are new, we say everyone is welcome here at City First and that you belong here. You're now family, okay? Whether you like it or not, you're family, all right? And uh, I just want to say thank you because we try not to just be a friendly church, but a family church. And we have We'd love to know your story and be a part of your journey. Uh, let's do this at, all at once here. We're going to give a round of applause to everyone joining us who is joining us online, Cape Coral, Florida, God Behind Bars, Dixon and Hardy, Pando app, as well as Spring Creek and State Line. Come on, give it up for everyone. Yeah. Happy Easter. I, I love this time of year. I love this time of year because in northern Illinois where I live, this is the time after about five months of darkness that the sun actually begins to emerge again in northern Illinois. And you know what? The minute that the snow starts receding in northern Illinois, you start seeing this all over the place, right? I mean... (laughs) If you know, you know, right? And in fact, uh, you know, during spring break, a lot of us up north will come and invade the beaches of the south where some of you live, and and you can always tell if you live in the south or if you live in, let's say, Cape Coral, Florida, our location there, you can tell who is on spring break because we are the ones going to the beach even if it's 65 degrees out. It doesn't matter. We look like this right here. We are kings and queens of the beach. It doesn't matter if it's 50 degrees. We're like... We're going to take our shirts off and we are going to get some sun now if you live in florida you don't go to the beach unless it's at least 80 degrees and even then by about 4 p.m you're you're wearing a hoodie uh, we don't understand that as northerners because we haven't had vitamin d for months so even around here if it turns like 45 degrees our windows are down in our cars we have the music cranked we're like yes this is amazing Well, a few years ago, um, myself and our family, as well as another family from northern Illinois, decided to go to spring break down in Florida, and we decided to bring all the kids with us. And so we went down to Captiva Island, for those of you in southwest Florida, you know where that's at, And uh, we went down there to just soak up a week of sun while the kids were out of school. Well, one day, uh, we were hanging on the beach, and my friend, who is the dad of the other family that we went with, he said he had to use the restroom. And so he went, you know, a few hundred yards off the beach up to where the parking lot was, and there were a bunch of porta-potties there. And so he got there, and the worst thing happened. When he was in the porta-potty, by mistake, his phone dropped out of his swimming trunks and went down the hole into the porta potty. Now, if you've ever used a porta potty before, you know you don't look down the hole, all right? You just don't do that. And, and you know, there he, he decided he was going to have to look down the hole because, because, again, this is his iPhone, and sure enough, there was his iPhone just kind of sitting there within reach. So he had a difficult decision to make. Do you reach down into the hole and grab the iPhone, because it is water resistant, or do you say goodbye to a $1,000 iPhone? What would you do? How many of you would say, I don't care, I'm reaching down and getting my phone? All right, how many of you said, no way, that phone is gone, it's bye-bye, that is why I got insurance, right? Well, my friend, he reached down and he got his phone, is what he did. And he came back to the beach and he asked us, he goes, hey, do you guys have any Lysol wipes or anything like that? We're like, why? He told us the story and we're like, you did what? You, you did what? You reached down where? No, 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 that's wrong. That's wrong on many levels. And in fact, I was like, are, are you going to use the speakerphone from now on? Because you don't want to bring that thing up close to your face, right? Well, anyway. I figured that story right there paints a good picture that sometimes, no matter what the expense, new is better sometimes, right? New is better, we all like new things. We like new shirts, or we get a new pair of shoes, or maybe a new computer, a new book, maybe even a new car. It has just even a smell to it, right? And, and i tell you, we like new things. In fact, this week, Jen ordered and had installed a new carpet in our living room, where our old carpet used to be kind of like a light tan. I say used to be because it was 15 years old, and it had been worn. In fact, we, we, we vacuum a lot. Um, we deep clean. Our carpets multiple times every year, but we also, especially pre COVID, we used to entertain a ton. And we have three boys and two dogs that have worn our carpet thin. And when we move the furniture, when you move the furniture, if you've ever done this before, you know, right? You move the furniture and you see where the traffic areas are versus the areas that were under the furniture. And I was horrified. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like so dirty. And we're not dirty people, I promise, you know? And, and so there was no way that this carpet was getting back to its original condition, no matter how much we scrubbed. I thought about this. I thought, you know, 2020 and even the first part of 2021, but especially 2020, the furniture was moved in our lives and all of a sudden we had a reality check, right? We found out that happiness is pretty fragile and and comfort is temporary and like that, the world could literally turn upside down. One year ago, Easter was completely online. We couldn't gather in person. Do you remember that? It was just the beginning. Remember when they said go into shelter-in-place for two weeks? (laughs) Right? Two weeks? I mean, we started to go into a journey for months and months and months. And, you know, the furniture was moved, and we discovered immediately how worn our lives really were, especially when many of us were forced to stop the rat race, huh? You know, this week, Jen was traveling, Now, some of you just put two and two together. So yes, we installed carpet on the week that she was traveling, which meant I had to move all the furniture by myself. And so she strategically was out of town. And that's a whole different sermon. But I'm just gonna say that we, uh, she was out of town. She does most of the cooking, and she's a great cook, and I was looking in the refrigerator. I'm by myself at home, and it's kind of empty, and in the very back, there was this package of chicken. And I looked at it, and it said, purchase by March 21st. This is like seven days later, and I'm like, do I roll the dice on this one? You know what I mean? And um, so I called Jen. I go, do you think that I should, you know, go ahead and make this, cook this? And she goes, "Mm, I don't think so. I think you should get rid of the old chicken and go get some new chicken. There's a theme in all of these stories. The theme is is this, new is better. You don't want to eat old chicken and get a stomachache, right? Well, there's a verse I found this week. It's found in the book of Leviticus, which, by the way, is not a book that most of us have ever read, Um, but it's in the Old Testament, and it is actually an Easter verse, even though it's not technically an Easter verse. I wanna read it for you because I think it actually is a word from God for all of us here at City First. Whether it is our first time, if you're watching for your first time, even in your living room, or if you consider yourself a part of the City First family, this verse is very appropriate for us today at Easter. It's found in Leviticus 26 verse 10. It says this, and you will still be eating last year's old harvest when you will have to move it out to make room for the new. I don't know about you, but I don't want to digest any more of 2020's harvest. Like I don't want more fear and more isolation and more frustration and more hurt or confusion or stress or anger, or anything else that we see all over our culture, right, and actually has heightened in the last 365 days. I don't want last year's harvest. If anything, I want to move that out of my life, and I want to make room for something new. You say, how is that an Easter verse? Because Easter is all about the old being removed and a new thing being placed in our lives. If you want the new, you have to let go of the old. You can't coexist with old and new. In your life, if you want new, you got to get rid of the old. And Easter is all about the old being removed and everything becoming new in Jesus. On Good Friday that we just we just celebrated a couple of days ago, on Good Friday, Jesus willingly, he was not forced, he was not coerced. He willingly walked to a cross and died for you and I for our sin. And then today on Easter Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead and now offers us a chance to get rid of the old and he gives us a new life now when you turn to the person next to you even if you're in your living room right now with your family all right turn to the person next to you and say new life I'm going to have you say new like 50 times today, all right? I'm trying to drive home a point. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, here's another Easter verse, he died for everyone so that those who receive his, what are those two words? New life will no longer live for themselves. Isn't that interesting? We don't live for ourselves anymore. Instead, They will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become, what are those words? A new person, right? The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Another version of verse 17 says it this way. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. Some of us need to be reminded of that today. You've been in church forever. You need to be reminded that you're living a new life. It is not the old life. And for many of us, maybe that are joining for the first time, maybe joining in at City First Easter for the first time, you're going, this is new information, but I can have a new life. See, when you understand that you have a new life in Jesus, you actually start living different. It starts with understanding that it is not the old you, it's a new you. Because of resurrection, you can have new. Because of Easter, you can have new. It's just not a nicer, cleaned up, Lysol version of yourself. But rather, when we make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of our lives, guess what? We awaken to the reality of a new life. The old life is deleted because of the work of the cross. A new life is given to us because of the work of resurrection. Do you hear that? So, so many people, so many people in our culture think, I'm just going to add Jesus onto the pile of all the old stuff going on in my life i'll just i'll just you know i'll, I'll just kind of invite jesus in and, and and jesus just comes and he's an add-on you know i, I go to church a little bit more I, I watch my mouth i try not to cuss as much you know I, I i try to be nice to others do maybe some random acts of kindness here and there give some money every once in a while and that that makes me a christian but but that's not how the way it works the way it works is so much better than that. It's so much bigger than that. God doesn't just put some band-aid on your brokenness. Do you hear? You're not reformed. You are not rehabilitated. You are not re-educated. You are literally recreated. You are new. In fact, the Bible would say it this way: you don't become better, you become born again. Born again. In other words, you get the ultimate mulligan, the ultimate do-over. It doesn't mean that the old habits and hurts and hang-ups don't carry forward, but now we are new creatures in Christ, the Bible says, so therefore we embrace new and not old. It says in Romans chapter eight, again, another Easter verse, it says this, but for you who welcome him, welcome him. Remember, you have to make room for the new. You have to clear out the old. But how do you do that on your own? Well, you can't. Jesus does it for us. He removes the old, and if you welcome him in in whom he dwells, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, what does that mean? We still live in a hopelessly broken world. Our world is screwed up, in case you didn't notice. I mean, right? I mean, there's a lot of bad things, hurtful things, disappointing things, painful things going on in our world, and, and has been even before 2020. And, and yet, in this old world, this verse says, we have a new life. You w- yourself will experience new life on God's terms. It stands the reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, He'll do the same. Everybody say same. Ready? Same. What is he going to do? The same thing that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, you are delivered. In other words, you are rescued from that dead life that you used to live. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. You see, Easter is not just something you celebrate. It's something you live 365. Resurrection is something you experience every day. You can experience it. You can live resurrection. As I'm saying that, some of you are like going, well, how do I live resurrection? I'm not dead. (laughs) I mean, how do I do that? Well, very simply, and again, these are Jesus' words paraphrased. But if you invite Jesus to be the leader and the forgiver of your life, guess what? You are dead to your old self. Your old life is gone along with all of the sin record of that old life. In other words, your old way of living, your old way of thinking, your old way of acting, it is all gone. It's dead. But here's our struggle. Like my grandpa used to say, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, right? So many times it's hard for us to live new because we have all these old habits and hurts and hangups that we carry into this new life. But when you become new, Jesus realizes that you're gonna have these hurts and habits and hang ups. And so what does he do? He begins to go to work and he draws you into the new and away from the old. He actually begins to redeem some of the hurt. He begins to take that pain and give it purpose. He begins to forgive at once because you say, Jesus come in, he forgives the sin record. He moves you forward. And sometimes it takes a little time for the old habits to go away. But Jesus helps us over time to live new. There's another kind of obscure book in the Old Testament called Lamentations. And I'm sure many of us have maybe never even read it before or heard it before. But here's a great verse out of it. And you could almost say it also is an Easter verse. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. What does it mean to not be consumed? Consumed by what? Well, we've done wrong things. And God is perfect, and we are not. We've done hurtful things. We've done malicious things. We've done hateful things. We have done wrong things. And guess what? Every wrong has to be righted eventually, right? But here's the problem. You and I, we couldn't do enough right to be able to make up for all the wrong. And God realizes that. So what did he do? His love was so powerful for you that he didn't want to consume us with the consequences of our sin. But instead, it says, his compassions never fail. Goes on to say this, they are, what's that word? New every morning. Great is your faithfulness, God. You see, many of us don't realize, but God is compassionate towards you he loves you and maybe you think God's angry at you I, I meet so many people as a pastor so many people then some of them have even grown up in church and they feel like God is angry at them because of things that they've done and and they're like God is mad like some people come up to me and they'll be like I'm sick so I know God's probably punishing me somehow or, or maybe they're like, bad things are happening in my life and so I'm sure God's angry, he's ticked off. And we picture God like he sits on a throne, you know, a thousand miles in the sky and, and he's this big white beard and he points out all of our faults and he has this bony finger that points us in the face and says, you, you have failed. But that's not the God that we serve. You wanna know what God's like? Look at Jesus because Jesus was God. So he had compassion. And and you know, this compassion is new every morning. In fact, when we make little strides of progress, God delights in us. I was thinking this week and talking to Jen actually about this. we were talking about our three boys, and we have two older boys that are in college. We have one that's younger, nine years old, still at home. And we were talking about how much we just delight in our kids, like, I mean, as they grow and they're they're doing things, we just, we just I mean, we are on the sidelines of their life and we are cheering. We are so excited. Our oldest, Caden, um, is graduating college in less than 30 days after being in for three years. He fast-tracked it. He's already accepted to a master's program. Connor, our middle son, well, you Give that round plus, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know where he got his brains, because it wasn't from Gen or I. Uh, But anyway, uh, you know, Connor, our middle son, is 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 a great musician. He plays guitar, and this week, as part of a class in college, he had to actually give a performance on his college campus in the main assembly hall, and he killed it. Um, Paxton, who's our youngest, who's nine, he's still at home with us. Now, many of you know his story. He was born with special needs. He has Down syndrome, and he is just the joy of our lives. And, And you know what, he this week said something really clear that he's never said before, and he put in action with it. And this is a big deal because, again, he's very delayed on his speech, but he looked at his mom and he goes, high five, like this. Now, I mean, that may seem like, no big deal. You got to understand for Paxton, this is a big deal. And so I was like, I was like, he said, high five. And he put up his hand. It was clear. Like, I mean, he said it. He enunciated it. High five. Now, why do I tell these stories about my boys? Because we are very flawed parents, just like every parent here, right? If you're a parent, half the time you're going, what the heck am I doing? Right? All right. We, we are that too. So if we are that delighted in our kids, how much more, listen, listen, how much more is a perfect heavenly father who is full of compassion every day for you? How much more delighted in, is he in you than us as flawed parents? Do you know, do you know that you consume his thoughts 24-7 individually? I know some of you are like going, well, how does he do that? There's like seven billion people. Yeah, that's why he's God. Individually, he thinks about you. His eyes are on you. He is with you whether or not you realize it or not. I realize you've gone through tragedy sometimes. You're like, well, where was God then? But you know what? He was broken with you in those moments. I'm just telling you, God loves you and his compassion is new. Some of us need to be reminded of that, that this new life also brings new mercy every morning because of the work of Easter, because of Jesus and the empty tomb. You are new in God's eyes. All of your wrong is erased. And with God's help, you're making little choices, right, that that are moving you in the right direction. Even some of you, even if you're joining, you're just curious about faith today. Listen, that's a step in the right direction, and God delights in that. You can belong before you believe. You see, see, here's the thing. Some of us, we're, we're, we're less angry than we were BC, right? Like, like we're less hurtful, we're less sarcastic, our words don't damage the way that they used to. We're less toxic, we're less depressed, we love more, we're making better choices, we're less full of pride. Now are we still working on it? Yes but God is bringing us out of the old and is bringing us into the new. And we're realizing the work of the cross and the resurrection in our lives every single day. So in closing, what does new look like? You might be here curious about this. Well, it means a new relationship. God loves you unconditionally. You can't do one thing that makes him love you more. You can't do one thing that makes him love you less hear that? I mean, like, like some of you think, oh man, does he really love me? Unconditionally. You can't earn it. In fact, he loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to die on a cross and be resurrected so you can have new life. So you start a new relationship with a new life, you start a new relationship with your creator, with Jesus. Secondly, you get a new family, a place to belong, the family of God. What is that? The church. That's like City First Church. Now I know some of you are like, whoa, well, the church is, is flawed. Yes, it is. In fact, the church family has the weird cousins just like your family, all right? Okay, there are very flawed people. You know why church is flawed? It's made up of us, that's why. But guess what, we serve a perfect leader. The leader of the church is Jesus. So what do we do? We come together as a spiritual family. And some of you don't think you need church, you do. You need people to do life with. You need people to support you. You need people to pray with you. You need also to have a place where you can help others. Third thing is you get a new purpose. And it's a purpose that's elevated. It's way above like, I'm just gonna make money and buy stuff for 80 years. But rather instead, it's a purpose that gives you a new why. A why you are alive and God begins to show you his divine purpose you know you are made for a purpose and on purpose there's an assignment that God has for you in this life number four you get new power power to overcome you know all the problems in life don't disappear when you get a new life you become new many times in an old world and so you need power to be able to navigate the challenges of life. And when you receive new life, Jesus takes residence inside of you. His spirit is with you and gives you strength that you didn't know you had, gives you wisdom, gives you discernment, gives you the things that you need to navigate in this hopelessly broken world. And the last thing is he gives you a new story. He gives you a new story. New life means new story. Some of us, we need a new story, don't we? I mean, our story up until this point has been maybe full of brokenness or pride, maybe selfish ambition. Maybe it's been full of depression or loneliness. Maybe the story up in this point has had highs, but then it's had really low lows, and you're like, I I don't like the story where it's going. I don't like the trajectory of it. Because deep down on the inside, when I lay my head on a pillow at night, it just doesn't fulfill me. Well, listen, you can have a new story. God, when you invite him through Jesus into your life, that you know what? You begin a new story. He begins to write a new story. Now, Now, listen, he takes the stuff from the past and he begins to redeem it. He begins to reconcile it he begins to use it but but this is the thing he gives you a new story a much better story than what you can write on your own there's a lady by the name of Marianne who goes to our cape location in florida a beautiful lady and she started attending you know about a year or so ago and man her story was full of brokenness and baggage She, she is a sharp lady but beyond the exterior of sharpness on the inside there was a lot of hurt a lot of frustration and you know what when she found Jesus she understood that Jesus helped her begin to write a new story a divine story a heavenly story on earth and that God came alongside of her and began to change everything from the inside out and I want you to listen to her story and, and as you're listening the circumstances may be totally different than what your are what your circumstances are, and that's okay. I don't want you to focus on the circumstances. I want you to focus on the fact that God can help you write a new story. If you did it for Mary Ann and literally thousands of others at City First, he can do it for you. He can help you write a new story no matter what you think, he can do that. So let's listen to Mary Ann's story and realize that Jesus will help us write a new story ourselves.
1: Um, I was married for 21 years, I have two children, my daughter Jordan, she's 30, my son Roman is 27. I am currently divorced, and um, shortly after the divorce, I retired, I packed my things and moved here to Florida. I was just happy with everything that I was hearing in this church. I looked around, I looked at the people, and yet they say it's a family church. This is a family church. You feel as though you are one. Um, I thought I knew God. I didn't really know Him until I stepped in this door. See To know where to go. I don't know if I even knew where God was. I thought I knew Him. And I used to say, Well, if He loves me so much, why is He letting this happen to me? You're worthless. You're no good. You can't do anything. Just end your life. Who cares? Who cares about you? You know, you have an Army to support you, but you have that negativity in your ear. It's because my faith was wavering, and I just was saying to myself, What am I gonna do? His word, forever unfailing,
2: His promise, an anchor to. of your sorrow his presence is healing your soul so just look up your help is
1: on the way so i'm sitting in my backyard and this is the god honest truth I'm thinking about what i have in my kitchen so i can take my own life and i'm sitting there like just crying and thinking this is what I'm going to do. I've made up my mind. Next thing I get this test message Hey, Mary Ann, this is Abby from City First Church. God has put you in my mind. And how are you doing? And when I got that text message, I just stopped everything. And I looked up and I said, I doubt no more. I doubt no more. I can't save enough. You saved my life. You saved my life. Of His glory and grace, there is freedom, healing, fear
2: in this place. In the light, come on, listen. Of His glory
0: So the question I have for each and every one of us, whether we are here in this auditorium or any auditorium, whether we are watching online right now in your living room, the question I have is this. If you haven't had a new life in Jesus, do you want one? Do you want new life? Do you want the old to go away? Do you want a new story to now come? Do you want a forgiven life? A new life if you do it's Easter what a great day to make a decision to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life so I want to give you an opportunity to do that today you're not joining a church this has nothing to do with a church denomination it has everything to you to do with you personally your decision to make room for Jesus to invite him in to become the leader and the forgiver of your life and this is what I know that when resurrection power comes into your life sins are forgiven and a new life comes so anybody can do this anybody can open up the door of their heart so let's bow our heads let's close our eyes And if you say, that's what I want, I want a new life in Jesus today. I want Jesus to come in and to forgive me and to bring his resurrection power, to begin to write a new story for me. If that's you, then with every head bowed and every eye closed, just go ahead and just raise your hand and you can put it right back down. But in front of God, yes, hands are up everywhere. I believe hands are up in living rooms, Hands are up in places in other nations. Hands are up in other auditoriums of City First. I believe that with all my life. So go ahead and put your hands down. And will you all repeat this prayer after me? Whether, whether you've prayed it before or not, let's say it out loud so that no one is saying this prayer by themselves. But you need to realize as you say this prayer that the God who loves you is listening specifically to your voice. He isn't listening to us corporately. He's listening to you individually because he saw that hand. And even if you didn't raise your hand, he knows your heart. So let's say this prayer together. Ready? Repeat this after me. Jesus, I come to you today and I need forgiveness of my sin and all I've done wrong. I open up the door of my life to you. And I invite you in, give me a new life, a forgiven life, a life of purpose, and a life of your power. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the empty tomb. I love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give everyone who prayed that prayer a round of applause. What a life-changing day. What a resurrection day. And before Lisa comes up here and closes us out, I'm just gonna ask that no one leave just for the next few moments because I have something important to say, and that is this. The most important thing now that you could do if you prayed that prayer is to come back and join your God family, your church family. And also, two weeks from today, two weeks from today, on April 18th, we are going to have water baptism. And a great next step is for you to say, I want to go public with my faith. Some of you are like going, what is water baptism? Well, it's this. It's It's symbolic. It's an outward expression of this inward decision you just made that when you go down under the water, it's the old life that is going away. And when you come up, it is a new life that you have now embraced because of Jesus. We would love to see you baptized. You can find out more information on that on our website or on our app. But one more time, for everyone who made that decision and for Jesus who is risen, let's go ahead and give up praise. Come on, let's do that.